the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And welcome to Hour 2 of the Randy Corcoran Program. Matt Dunn, guest hosting for Brother Randy here this evening. I normally host Backbone Radio on Sundays. Actually, a show we started back in 2004 with the great, the one and only John Andrews, president of the Colorado State Senate. He and I sat in this very studio. Golly, would that be 19 years ago? Man, I was a kid. I was a kid back then. And uh, we just started talking about local politics, national politics, interviewing people and having a great time. And around 2012, 2013, that's when, that's when somehow the bag got left with me. And I just sort of kept on, kept on going, keeping the torch lit, enjoying every minute of it these Sundays going back, going back so long. You do get to know this state, you know, when you, when you're at it, you get to talk to so many great patriotic Coloradoans around this state. You know, we started this show back when Colorado was a red state. And then, and then by golly, it became a blue state. But I like to think that's not the fault of Backbone Radio. I just like to think that other things happened along the way. Like the mail-in ballot. Yeah. Like the wide-open border. Thank you, George Bush, Barack Obama, Joe Biden, all the rest of it. The policy of the elites to have the wide-open border. And a few billionaires, very well-heeled, very savvy in Colorado, knowing how to sort of pull the right strings to get the results that they would like. But no matter what, I mean, we're just, you know, not throwing the towel, not giving up. We just go in there and vote and make your voice heard. And eventually, maybe we just get around the corner and have a little improvement in this state. But one thing you do worry about is sometimes you think, oh, the state can get worse and worse and worse and Denver in decay Denver in decline, worse and worse. And then uh, <laughs> and then people can't quite figure out how to vote GOP to get out of that. That makes sense. But yes, in my view, the best hope we have got, the best practical hope we have got is the America First movement headed up by Donald Trump, a once-in-a-lifetime legendary figure who has the skill and the talent, the ability, the popularity, the household name, the guy who can draw crowds. No one else can draw a crowd. No politician in this country can draw a crowd but, but Donald Trump. And he's the guy that had things going so well in this country. 2016 got in there. The economy was great. There was peace on earth all around the world. And then, yeah, the deep state didn't want him to return. They found a way. They found a way. And, yeah, by the way, I have, I made a point to myself to mention, yes, I've started my, my new dental practice 
very exciting. I've been practicing for 24 years. Can you believe that? All week long, practicing. And I like to think, you know, you practice a bit, you get better at it. You kind of get good at it. You enjoy helping people, contributing to well-being. Anyway, the new practice is at Arapahoe and Holly in Centennial. And it's 303-225-7575. At any rate, should we talk about our new Speaker of the House here very quickly? And by the way, it's the snow is oscillating at this point. 25 degrees outside, mostly across Denver Metro. And the snow will uh, sort of go off and on for the rest of the evening. Going to be a decent moon out there. Did you guys see that moon come up last night? Right there to the east, maybe a little bit northeast. Man, was that cool. I was driving the minivan, dropping the kids off at a Halloween party. <laughs> and that moon came up. And, you know, I always tell the you got to pay attention to the moon. Moon's important. you got to know where it is. got to you got to have that be one of those things that you just kind of enjoy in life and appreciate in life. The moon. And <clears throat> they kind of think, Dad, you're you're kind of corny, you know, Dad, corny Dad. Yeah, but, uh, you know, someday that'll come around. They'll be like, hey, yeah, the moon is kind of cool. Dad was right. At any rate, off to the phone lines momentarily, 303-696-1971. But the, the new Speaker of the House, just so I get this in there, Mike Johnson, Republican. And... Just to cut right to the chase and to give my take on it for what it's worth, I'd be curious to see if anybody has any opinions on the new speaker and how this is all played out. Kind of a big old mess this past couple of weeks. And I do say it was a mess and that it really did show, however, that the Republican establishment, the Republican elites really do despise Republican voters. I mean... They would not let Jim Jordan get in there, the guy that 90-some percent of GOP voters wanted. Jim Jordan was the unanimous choice of the GOP voters, but they would not allow it. And I thought that they wouldn't have the courage, the rhino types wouldn't have the courage to block Jordan if they had to go transparent and public with it. But by gosh, they got 20, 22 of them to come out there, Ken Buck being one of them to say no. By the way, full moon tonight. Yes, thank you, Alexa. Full moon tonight. I thought last night it might have been full, but I thought, eh, not quite. But anyway, uh, yeah, they wouldn't let Jordan be the guy, and they came out, and uh, they just lumped it. You know, they those 20 that came out got, I mean, berated by their constituents. Text messages, emails, phone calls. I'm sure that their phone lines were melting down. But the rhinos, they despise you. They don't, they don't care about you. They don't care about America. They care about themselves. They care about their big donors and their next gig. Like in Ken Buck's case, working for CNN. That's, that's what he wants. Does he care about his district in Colorado? Or does he care about Ken Buck getting his next gig at CNN? That's a rhetorical question, in case you were wondering. But the nutshell, I was going to get to a nutshell, then I got diverted. But the nutshell is, I do think Mike Johnson is better than and than, than McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy. I always want to say Andrew, who's the, the National Review writer. 
He's better than McCarthy. Nobody liked McCarthy. I mean, McCarthy, just some slick politician doing his rhino stuff out there, and nobody really liked him. The voters didn't like him. It would have been great, so great for the GOP to have Jim Jordan in there, motivating for the voters, motivating for 2024. But the fifth column rhinos wouldn't allow it. And then they start floating up all these other people. There's a couple of good names, but Emmer. They actually had Emmer going to be the guy, the Minnesota total rhino with a Soros pedigree wants to get rid of the Electoral College. That was unbelievable. They actually were going to put that guy, the establishment of the GOP was going to put Emmer in there. They were going to try to do that. Luckily, Trump made a phone call or two, and that lasted about an hour. <laughs> and Emmer stormed out, walked out of the building, walked out of the Longworth House office building, and bye, we'll see you, Emmer. Thanks for playing. Uh, so at least we didn't get Emmer. But for them to actually try to put Emmer forward, holy cow! It just tells you that the Republican Party, the people that are running it, are a bunch of clowns, unfortunately. And it's big corporate money. It's globalist money. And they they have not budged at all on putting America first, okay? That's where the power center is. And here is the nutshell. That the reason why Mike Johnson was able to get over the top is that he was broadly enough palatable to the America First people, but yet he would also keep the billions flowing to Ukraine, okay? Jim Jordan would not give assurances that he would keep the billions flowing to Ukraine. And so the rhinos and the military-industrial complex lobby had to come out and stop him. So it tells you where the power center still is in this darn country that is going down the drain, wide open borders here, sending billions everywhere else, courting World War Three slash four. And uh, that that is the real mess, ladies and gentlemen. It is most unfortunate. But let me play the key clip here from Mike Johnson. And I might play a few more just so we get to know who is Mike Johnson. Who is this speaker guy? So he runs to Hannity. Does Mike Johnson become speaker? He runs to Hannity, which is always not a good sign, because that's, again, that's the establishment voice. That's the uh, security state voice. That's the war, war, war voice. Hannity has had no learning curve since the Iraq War. Remember him, the war drums for Iraq back in 0203? And he's doing the same thing now for Iran. Yes, okay. Good old Hannity, he's doing his job, his function, his function. So Johnson goes on to Hannity, and here's what he says about Ukraine. And if you listen closely, you'll understand why Mike Johnson has become the speaker. And this is just in my opinion. I told the staff at the White House today that our consensus among House Republicans is that we need to bifurcate those issues. I agree with your assessment in Ukraine, and that's why the American people are demanding some real accountability for the use of those dollars. Now, we can't allow Vladimir Putin to prevail in Ukraine because I don't believe it would stop there, and it would probably encourage and empower China to perhaps make a move on Taiwan. We have these concerns. Um, we're, we're not going to abandon them, but we have a responsibility, a stewardship responsibility, over the precious treasure of the American people. And we have to make sure that the White House is providing the people with some accountability for the dollars. And all right. All right. Do you see how slick that was? And I don't mean to burst anybody's bubble, and I don't mean to cast aspersions upon the new speaker, Mike Johnson, okay? But we got to be real 
realistic. We got to live in the real world. Limbaugh used to always say, hey, I live in Realville. And that was one hell of a slick politician answer to, yes, we're going to keep Ukraine funded. Yes, we're going to keep the billions flowing into Ukraine by couching it as, well, the American people want accountability in the money that's going to Ukraine. Yeah, that's not the issue. That is an issue, but that's not the fundamental issue. Basically, the vast majority of GOP voters are rejecting this whole misadventure in Ukraine out of hand. They want no more billions to Ukraine, especially while we have the wide open border here and our crumbling cities and the rest of the Bidenomics economy. Okay, that's clear as a bell. But there's Mike Joe. Well, we're going to get some account. We're not going to just be throwing billions. to We're going to know exactly where those billions are going. Yeah, whatever. So that's my take is that Mike Johnson becomes speaker because he said, we're going to keep him flowing to Ukraine. All right. Jordan wouldn't do it. Everything I read said Jordan would not do it. He would not say, all right, I'll give you more billions to Ukraine. Okay. Johnson did talk about separating the aid to Israel and the aid to Ukraine. That makes sense to me. I don't like holding Israel hostage to all these billions to Ukraine, which is what Mitch McConnell, Joe Biden, the rest of the establishment people are trying to do. That's not a good thing. I want those to be separate, okay? Because what they're trying to do is American people want to send money to Israel, but they're tired of this money to Ukraine. And so the establishment people are trying to lump it all together so that Ukraine still gets their stuff. Anyway... That's kind of the deal, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. Sorry to be a little bit of a downer on Mike Johnson, but that's maybe that's as good as we can get right now. Shouldn't be. I think they should have just kept Jordan, keep renominating Jordan, go without a speaker as long as it takes, go without a speaker for months and months and months, and so then you cannot send any money anywhere. But uh, the power center has not budged. And it remains the establishment and the military-industrial complex and the war bucks and the war machine. And they got their way in a way that they're trying to make palatable to Republican Party voters. Okay? A little bit more on Speaker Johnson momentarily. Let's say hey to Lynn up in Evergreen. I bet you got, I bet you got snow up in Evergreen, Lynn. How are you up there? Well, yeah, snow and cold. Oh, my gosh, the cold is like, you know, frigid frigid cold oh what could be better on a late october night in colorado in the mountains you got the pine trees around the whole deal the snow's falling by the way you get a lot of snow up there i mean that that's one of the places around here that gets tons of it right evergreen well yeah it does Uh, not tons but you know not conifer levels right more than denver yeah but but then the sun comes out it melts away you know I mean, it's like, you know, within two or three days, it's like, oh, my gosh, can't even remember when it snowed last. Yep, yep, that's Colorado for you. But uh, I may have gotten you off track, but did you have any thoughts on this on the speaker, Mike Johnson? And sorry if I just sort of <laughs> you, went you after him. And, but- and, you know, I was listening to you, you know, before I came on, and I didn't know that about... Uh, you know, in getting involved with Ukraine and, and, and the Mideast, all of that. Didn't know that. But you know what? 
Okay, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you this, you know, boom, point blank. We got to get out of these overseas wars. We got to get out of them. You don't you you don't want World War 3, Lynn? You don't want World War 3 and World War 4 right now for some reason and I'm kind of tongue in cheek there that you know I I'm with you. I mean, right now and I don't remember uh yeah, Stephen Miller used to work for Trump was saying that right now the United States is effectively funding all sides of the Israel Hamas war right now. How how is that good? To be funding all it's sides not of this. Good. Yeah. I mean, haven't we learned our lesson? Get out of overseas international wars, focus on our country. Let's let's build our country and get out of these stupid, expensive overseas wars. You know, for like this, that, you know, picky yoon sort of well not picky yoon necessarily, you know, but World War Two, the last great war we were involved in. Well, we saw what Hitler was doing over there, you know, in Europe, you know, Asia, uh, uh, the Mideast, all of that. Hitler was taking over the world. That was a world war. war. That was a just I mean, war. That, that was, was a just war. war. There you go. Boom. But Ukraine. You said it exactly. Ukraine. That if we get World War Three over Ukraine and our instigation of all of that, oh, man. What let a disaster. Them fight, let them fight their own battles. Let them fight them. You know, George Washington. You ever heard of George Washington, first president? <laughs> oh, yeah. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. I, I know a great picture of him praying by a horse and by a tree. Oh, I know. But uh, I know. he, um, I mean, he warned, Matt, he warned about foreign, foreign entanglements. He said, stay foreign away from foreign entanglements. We don't belong there. We yep. do not belong in foreign entanglements. Let them fight their own wars. And if it's a world war, then we'll declare it, and then we'll go in, fight the war, win it, and then we're out. The trouble with that is, in the eyes of the military-industrial complex, is that there's no profit in that. If we just, you know, have our military and go use it when a just war situation arises, there's no profit in that. What's profitable is to have an endless war in Iraq, to have excuse an endless me, endless war in Afghanistan, to have an I endless war up, in Ukraine. Excuse me. Yeah. Barf. Barf. Barf <laughs> on international wars. Yeah. You know, take care of our country first. Yep. Then then if it's a, you know, if uh, if it's a world war, you know, like a Hitler regime, whatever, is taking over the other side of the world, then yes, we step in there to say no and hell no. You got to make a move to save this country when you have to make that move. Yes. And that was a just war, obviously. But, you know, does Iraq fall into the just war category? No. no. I'm afraid it no. does not. does not. And not. if we go after Iran right now, I would say, no, that is not a just war category. Does not. Nope. And fit, if we get World War Three with Russia over Ukraine, absolutely not a just war. And that's that's key. And that Let could take us down many a peg. Frickin wars. Yeah. You know? Why do we have to get involved? Well, you know, and the answer to that is follow the money, see who makes the profit off of it. And the politicians who want to send your kids, our kids to go over and risk their lives and fight to the death in these these locations around the world. Um, 
That's unfortunately the way it works. Sucks the big one. (laughs) I mean, stop getting sucked into overseas wars. Yeah. You know? You know, and and yeah, yeah. But there's Hannity, you know, bang the war drums for Iraq, right? I mean, I remember watching Fox News at that time, and that was before I could quite see through it, I have to admit. But Hannity's doing the same stuff. Got to go after Iran now. Well, and they're and laying we the table bang, for we it. We can bang the drum on Russia. We can bang the drum on China. But you know what? Get out of that. Get out of that military industrial complex. You know, let's get back to our country. Make our country strong. That would be a priority that I would share with you, Lynn. And by golly, here we are running a little bit long. I'm getting the wave. But, hey, Lynn, up in Evergreen, enjoy that snow. Get your shovel out. Clear your driveway when you can. And from around here at the Randy Corcoran Show, Matt Dunn filling in. We give you all of our best. Love to hear your voice. You take care. And again, yeah, Matt Dunn in for Randy Corcoran tonight. Any thoughts? 303-696-1971. You got to love. You got to bring out the voice of Bing Crosby at this time of year. The first snowfall. We are experiencing it live and local together right here across Denver metro area. Matt Dunn in for Randy Corcoran. And whenever you hear that voice of Bing Crosby, what do you? What's the first thing you think of? Right? You think of Christmas. You think of a white Christmas. You think of the first snowfall, and the snow will be falling off and on the rest of the evening. I don't know if we're going to quite get those uh, ten, twelve inches that may have been forecast, but we'll get a couple. Looks like. Maybe later on tonight I'll put on my gear, a little extra layer of wool, and go out into the snow and do a little aimless, pointless wandering. Sometimes you run, sometimes you have a destination, but one thing I recommend is sometimes you don't have to have a a goal or a destination or a plan. You can just sort of go out there and be in nature a little bit and like see stuff and listen to stuff, and you're not trying to accomplish anything other than Kind of be out there, right? Kind of a different approach once in a while. You know, we're such a motivated society. We're so focused. We're so disciplined. Yeah. But what if sometimes you just drop that and just wander aimlessly? Why not? Maybe maybe in some ways that's that's what it's all about. Maybe. Oh, I don't want to get too deep here. <laughs> Thanks for the great text to studio and the phone calls. And the moon is out tonight, and I, I just had the great Alexa send me a picture of the full moon. So is the, is the full moon visible out there? I, I can't see it from, from in here, but hopefully it is visible. But why don't we get right back to the phone lines, and let's just keep on some saying some hellos. And Jack, Jack and Evergreen, this is double Evergreen moment here. At the Randy yeah. Corcoran Show. Jack, welcome. How are you? Not in Wyoming tonight, I see. No, I came down here. It didn't look like... Well, I'll be back up there Monday. I, uh, there's, I, this may be wishful thinking, but this whole thing with following the money and all this bribe money from China and Russia that the Biden family is collecting. Yeah. I'm kind of... I mean, Bidens are empty suits. They really don't have any... I don't think that they're capable of doing anything. 
it's Obama. It's all about Obama. I, I'm just waiting to find if they can track that, those payments and see how much of it goes went to Obama. That's I'm I, I, I'm I'm ex, I expect that to be the case. Man, but, Jack, if we could follow the yeah, money, imagine. Yes. yes. If yes. we could bring total 100% transparency to everything going in and out of the beltway, every politician's bank account and politician family member and kids and uncles and brothers and sisters, the rest of it, man, if we could see that, <laughs> I'll bet you there would be one heck of a revolution in this country. If we could really, really see that and understand it and make sense of it, of course it gets complicated, right? And for some reason, you never can quite get there, right? The well, well, bank, oversight bank records, doesn't do it. No, bank records and transfers are are are, are usually pretty accurate, and they, and they can be retrieved if you have subpoena power to do it. And I'm thinking that's the reason why this whole impeachment thing on on Biden has fallen flat, because that's where they would get the power to do that, and the banks would comply. I think that's the, I, my eye is on why they're not doing that. Uh, I think that's I think that's the essence of it. I really do. Yeah, it's the dog that is not barking like in Sherlock yes, Holmes. Yes. And uh, yes, I I was taught at a very young age: don't look at what's in front. Look at what you look at what is missing. Always look for what's missing. You know, there's the evidence that you have, and that you can quantify, and there's numbers you can look at, and things like that. But then there's the stuff you don't have. And That's maybe important. there needs to be a name for that. Like, what do you call the stuff you don't have? And if you don't have it, it's hard to know what you don't have exactly, right? Because it's hard to quantify what you don't have. But I would submit that's where the real action is in the stuff we don't have on on this topic, Jack. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what's – I don't know if they'll ever get to it. The other thing I'm, I'm kind of hopeful at some point, the liberals in the Northeast and – I'm very pro-Israel myself. Same here. But when are they When are they going to wake up and realize they're voting for the Democrats is killing their own people in Israel? When are they going to figure that one out? Well, I saw a national Jewish group was recently encouraging the Democratic Party to stop its association and its funding for BLM, Black Lives Matter. And well, so really? that's that's something, right? Yeah. Well, that's a move away from liberalism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because the Black Lives Matter uh, crowd seems to be rather pro-Hamas in the past uh, few weeks, which I think is opening a few eyeballs. But, I mean, I don't find that surprising. I mean, people who are really savvy watching politics find that surprising. I, I, that's not a surprise at all. But maybe it is to some folks somehow. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well... I don't want to tell anybody how to think. I'm just I'm just going to tell them to think. You know, if they would do that, they'd figure it all out. You know, and what you just mentioned, Jack, right now you're seeing something interesting happen in the Democratic Party. And um, Joe Biden's popularity or approvals within the Democratic Party have slumped to 75%, which is an all-time low and kind of even a historic low for Democrats to only approve of their Democrat president to the tune of 75 yeah, percent. But some wild. of what's happening is this, is that there's kind of a battle going on, and Molly Hemingway was pointing this out. There's a battle going on within the Democratic Party on the pro-Hamas and anti-Hamas front, in that a lot of younger Democrats, and according to some of this data, along you know Democrats of color, 
are a lot more prone to being pro-Hamas. Whereas Joe Biden and uh, the older guard Democrats are anti-Hamas, at least to a certain extent, and at least they posture that way, right? And so the Democrat people on top are having a little trouble keeping it all together, keeping the Democrat Party together, because there's such a strong anti-Israel and pro-Hamas contingent within the Democratic Party. And I think that explains why Biden's popularity is dropping like that within the party. And they're, they're having that play out. You're not seeing that play out in the GOP. Interesting, huh? Yeah, well, the Democrats have the problem. They've always traveled on having the strength of the masses, which means bringing in, bringing in all the ignoramuses into their tent. But when you do that, uh, they bite you. <laughs> yeah, you know, they, they, they have done that. They've been, uh, yes. would you say, indiscriminate uh, in a lot of ways. And yes. uh, that's a big part of their strategy. It has been the wide open border. And in yeah. my opinion, trying to bring people over and get them voting as fast as possible, if not immediately. But when, but, when then, but how talk, do you control that, right? How do you keep all that together? And that's where you know that you don't really have primaries for Democrats, do you? You don't. You don't really have debates. They don't really. Talk, yeah, it's, it's a top-down yeah. deal, you know. Yeah, yeah, they're chosen. They're 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 picked. Yeah. If there's ever a well, debate they, going on in American politics today, it's within the Republican Party, which is what we do yeah. around here. We actually have yeah. the conversation, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe but, that's why uh, left-wing talk radio doesn't go anywhere, because there's no discussion. It's just nothing's open for discussion. You just, okay, these are your candidates, and here's what you're going to vote for, and here's the issues. And But this one is uh, is tough for them, I think, when it comes to Hamas and Israel. Tough for the Democrats. Interesting to watch. Yeah. No, they've got everything. They've got everything picked out ahead of time. It's all done in a smoke-filled room. I mean, it's not done by... A, de- a democratic process with the Democrats. That's the reason why you got Obama, because they they had they were desperate to get a communist in the White House, and he was the only <laughs> choice. And he was the only way they could do it. And you know they failed with uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, I can't think of his name at the moment. But they, he was their. You they, mean, he was their great. You mean Clinton? No, uh, the one that uh, uh, Bush beat Gore. Gore. Oh, Al Gore. Gore. Was, Gore was groomed to be the first communist in in, in the White House. He was gored, uh, he was he was groomed to be that. And then when he failed with the hanging chads and all that, and the Supreme Court gave it to see that disrupted getting the communist in the White House. So they knew they had to find another way to do it, and that's why they groomed Obama. He was the next best way to do that. Hillary is, she you know she is a, a socialist and all that stuff, but I don't think she's a communist. Obama's a communist, and they had, and Gore's a, a, a communist. You'd say that and uh, Gore's father was a communist. Interesting. And, and I they, don't know about Gore's father, who was also a senator from Tennessee, right? Yes, but he was he was the one that had the connection with Lenin. He, he was the go-to oh, guy yeah. for, for Lenin. And then when Lenin died, he told Stalin on his deathbed, "The go-to guy with your connection in the United States for everything that you need is Al Gore, Senior." And the quid pro quo there was that. Uh, Hammer, Armand senior, Hammer, yeah, yeah, senior and junior, they were going to fund, and their quid pro quo was to make Al Gore Jr. U.S. president, and Al Gore Jr. died. I'm not Al Gore Jr. Uh, Hammer died just before the election, so he didn't fund Al Gore to the extent where he could get into the White House. And then when the Democrats realized they were, they didn't get a chance to get their communist guy in that they've been trying to do for 30 years. 
into the White House. They had to get a replacement, and Hillary wasn't a, uh, a, a real communist, so they dug up Barack Obama. That's I how you got Obama. I'm uncomfortable exactly. with hearing anything that's even vaguely complimentary of Hillary Clinton. I don't know, Jack. She wasn't. <laughs> no, but, I, but she Obama was, was groomed by the Democrats to get because Gore failed well, to get a commie in the White House. Step and back, that's exactly where he came from. Step back and look at this country before Obama and after Obama. Yep. Step back and look at it and look at the change and how how significant it has been, you know, uh, change. What was it? What was his phrase? Uh, radical change. The kind of change America needs. Yeah, that was his whole plan. Yeah. And some of it's been, you know, when he was president, some of it's been behind the scenes. So I, I think you're on to something there. But, yeah, uh, Hillary, probably you're right. Not a fully blown communist, probably just That's right. partially and, blown, and- full blown Socialist. And that's why, and that's why Bob, Bob Kennedy Jr. is he is not a full blown communist, and that's why they're not running with him. If he was, they would be running with him. We well, talked about this a week or two ago. Yeah, but RFK is, in my opinion, a Democrat plant to try to harm Trump in the twenty twenty four election cycle, especially in Pennsylvania. And, Believe uh, me, if they thought he was a full, pure commie, he would be at the head of their ticket, no question about it. Yeah. So, uh, but Biden, I would say Biden's not a full-blown commie, but he's like uh, so addled and so confused and so willing to hand off everything that uh, the people behind the scenes can run the whole show into the ground. No, and that's what we're well, he's seeing. He's not even, he's, all he's doing is sitting in for Obama. Obama's calling all the shots, man, I'm telling yeah, you. I would love to know how it's actually working, the real power levers here, but... Jack, right. up in Evergreen right. slash Wyoming, we're running, yep. we're running into the break time, but may I send you the best regards from us around here? Let's keep in close touch, sir. And it's Matt Dunn for Randy Corcoran. We'll be right back after this. There we go, the Norwegian Wood song from the Beatles, yeah? Was that 1966 when they finally brought out the sitar, George? George brought out the sitar. Norwegian wood. What does a sitar have to do with Norway? I'm just trying to figure that one out. It's kind of funny that I never even thought to ask that question until, like, recently. (laughs) But it was kind of fun. This was the precursor to the Beatles kind of going going full-on counterculture, bringing all the different world sounds in, yeah. And I know Blake back there kind of digs, kind of digs the Fab Four, yeah. Oh but yeah. Norwegian wood, I like to play that for the first snowfall of the year because, yeah, Norwegian wool. I wish they could do another song called Norwegian wool, kind of like keep the same sitar, keep the same riff, you know, and because that's what you got to get on right now. It's time to get out the sweaters. Put them on, and I hope you're sitting by the fire. You got a fire going, and you're just kicking back with a warm beverage, and you've got some America first. Matt Dunnan for Randy Corporan Talk Radio on your local talk leader, Salem, Denver, 710 KNUS. And what could be better? What could be better? You know, we're just talking it through. And it's a dicey time for the country, and not everything we say is like super encouraging, positive, rah, rah. But we got a lot of hope out there, and I do focus on that, the realistic side of the equation. 
we are getting to know this speaker, Mike Johnson, a little bit. And I did just burst a bubble or two by saying, ah, that's how he got it. I mean, the light bulb went off in my head. He goes on Hannity and says, we have a stewardship role in Ukraine. We're going to keep keep Ukraine being supported. Yeah, and he danced around that. Very slick. Slick dude. Slick dude. So, unfortunately, he's not going to be as good as Jim Jordan could have been, who refused to make that compromise and therefore did not become speaker. Okay? That's my take on it. we got to be realistic, and he's still better than McCarthy. We can't expect perfection in politics, but I am a little annoyed. I am a little annoyed. And um, just a couple of other Mike Johnson clips so we get to know this character just a little bit. One more clip from the Hannity interview. And in this clip, just notice one thing that Mike Johnson does not mention the Trump word when he talks about Trump's accomplishments. I find that I find that a little annoying. But tell me what you think of this one. Because it's thousands of dollars more for the same type of home. It grinds the economy to a halt. It's a disaster. That's the word you use, and that's the appropriate word. These are policy choices that got us in this situation. If you remember, if you rewind in your mind back to um, uh, right before the pandemic began, you know, in the Trump administration, we had the greatest economy in the history of the world. Uh, And it wasn't by happenstance. It's because we cut taxes, cut regulations. We focused on American energy dominance. We were doing and following all the policies that led to economic success and growth for all Americans, everyone in every demographic. All boats were rising. Mm -hmm. We can achieve that again. But you have to do almost exactly the opposite of what the Biden administration is pursuing and doing. This is not rocket science, but we're so far down the road now that we have to make these changes quickly. And we're trying to urge our Democrat colleagues to take a look, again, at the basic facts. I mean, interest rates are so high now. They're going to continue to rise, apparently. Okay, you know, that's new speaker, Mike Johnson, Republican, better than McCarthy talking. But I don't know. Does that just seem a little slick to you? It's just a little slick. Slick, dude. And he talks about the golden Trump economy without mentioning the word Trump, which, you know, I would just like to hear him say it. Just, you know, get to the point, bud. So those are my reservations. Um, For his own part, by the way, I mean, Trump said this. Uh, Getting back to Congress, we think uh, Mike Johnson's going to do really well. He's popular. He's smart. He's sharp. He's going to be fantastic. I think he's going to be a fantastic speaker. I believe that will happen. We'll see what. You'll let me know when I come out. I'll be out in a couple of hours. And that's, I think, a good way to say it, is that I believe he's going to be a fantastic speaker. He's smart and he's sharp. But, you know, we're going to wait for the evidence. We're going to wait to see what the guy does. And we don't want to just, like, jump in and say, oh, yeah, it's great, rah, rah. You know, let's – we're kind of beyond that in the Republican Party, the long-abused, traumatized Republican voter that wants to put America first, constantly insulted by the Republican Party rhino leadership. We'll wait for uh, the evidence to come in. That's just where I am on this. But here's one good one from Mike Johnson – when he was criticizing Twitter as essentially being a branch of the FBI in the era before Elon Musk purchased Twitter and um, emancipated it to at least a certain extent from the censorship surveillance ways of the FBI running <laughs> running good old deep state Twitter back in the day. This is kind of speeded up so we can get it in. What you've documented carefully in the Twitter files are a couple of key facts. You'll hear, people will hear a lot of things today, but this is what they need to know. The federal government, from Democrat members of Congress to intelligence agencies, including the FBI, used Twitter 
and other social media companies to censor Americans' speech. If the alarm bells are not going off, then you're not paying attention. Over the past three years, documents show, they prove what you guys have, have uncovered here. There's communication between Twitter and the FBI. It was constant. It was pervasive. Twitter was basically an FBI subsidiary before Elon Musk took it over. The Twitter files revealed that by 2020, Twitter was engaged in open information sharing with the intelligence community. And now we know there were many intelligence agencies apparently involved in this. The FBI pressured Twitter to act on election-related tweets leading up to the 2022 election. Of course, they did it in 2020 as well. And Twitter dutifully censored content as a result. Twitter executives restricted accounts. They censored speech that conflicted with the left's narrative. Twitter has used its internal tools to control and manipulate uh, considered speech considered misinformation. And who was determining that? It was the government bureaucrats. Documents show that Twitter used visibility filtering to restrict certain accounts and posts and removed people from the platform altogether. The Twitter files should be a matter of bipartisan concern for every member of Congress and every American citizen because it is a bedrock principle of our constitutional system that the government does not get to decide what speech is acceptable or true. Under the First Amendment, Americans have a right to speak freely regardless of whether their speech upsets the preferred narrative. In fact, that's when it needs the most vigorous protection. Everybody on the left used to believe in that, or at least they purported to. Government and media fact-checkers frequently get things wrong. The American people can't and shouldn't rely on so-called experts to be the arbiters of truth, disinformation boards, and the like. It doesn't matter what political party you're, you're in. Government should not suppress important debates in public discourse. Gentlemen. Okay, so that's Mike Johnson, who's a representative from the state of Louisiana, does not have a Louisiana accent. He's not a Cajun Louisianan. He's not from the bayou, doesn't sound like to me. I don't know if he'd go hang out with the Kershaw brothers. I don't know if you say he's a Louisiana man. Love that song. <laughs> but um, that audio, by the way, was speeded up. But somehow it kind of works for him because he, he seems maybe he's like kind of a smaller stature guy. I saw a picture of Mike Johnson standing next to Byron Donalds when Byron Donalds was gracious enough to throw his support behind Mike Johnson. And Byron Donalds is like uh, a foot taller than Mike Johnson. So is Mike Johnson little? Not that it matters. I was just wondering. Just wondering if he's tiny. And I was just wondering if his voice is maybe just a little... When you speed it up, it makes it sound kind of squirrely. Anyway, I'm trying to like our new speaker. <laughs> How am I doing? How am I doing? Am I, are, are we positive enough about this? At any rate, uh, well, we got some change. And, you know, that happened. And I know we're heading out here, but uh, did you guys see that... Uh, Richard Roundtree. Anybody know that name? He was the actor that was in the the Shaft movie series back in, uh, came out in 1971. Richard Roundtree. He passed away at the age, at the age of 81. And if you have to see Shaft, who's the camping one cup out when there's danger all about? Shaft. Shaft. Wow. You say this cat is a bad mother. Shut your mouth. You talking about Shaft? Then we can dig it. We can dig it. Shaft. Saying adieu to Richard Roundtree. If you missed those Shaft movies, uh, I got the box set a while back. You know, leather jacket, sort of a real badass running around the streets. Um, man, that was that was the inspiration for Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction, by the way. That whole that whole. Quentin Tarantino genre came right out of Shaft. R.I.P. Roundtree. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.